Well, good morning. You know, if I was going to be honest, I would tell you right now, I really wish you were here. Uh, I really do mean that. And the reason I wish you were here is because I just want to ask you, how are you doing? You know, there's been a lot that's been going on and things seem to be changing every day. And you wake up going to sleep one night, one thing is one way and you wake up and it's a different way. And I just want to know how you're doing. But we added a feature to our video streaming last week. And uh, if you're on our website and you're watching our service online through our website, we actually have a chat feature. And so that's kind of fun to kind of interact with people and stay connected with people. But I also encourage you to use it just to let us know how you're doing. You know, maybe you have a prayer request. Maybe you, you need some prayer. And this is an opportunity for you to share it with the church, but also some of our staff members are on that chat as well. So share your prayer request so we could be praying for you. You know, we're in the middle of a series that we're calling Fake News. And that has nothing to do with politics or anything like that. But what this series is, it's taking a look at some statements or thoughts that people think are in the Bible, but they're really not there. And what we're doing is we're actually taking a look and opening up God's word and seeing, well, what does he actually say about these things that we think are true? You know, today I'm going to be talking about a thing of fake news that I, I hear kind of often. And let me give you kind of the scenario for when I hear this fake news. Uh, usually I hear this statement when someone's trying to tell me why they should be allowed to do something that they want to do. Even if it might not be right, even if it doesn't seem to make sense, even if I'm telling them in counsel, hey, that's really not what you should be doing, I will hear this statement over and over again. The statement is this, well, doesn't God just want me to be happy? That statement is actually fake news. Now, before you kind of freak out or kind of think to yourself, like, what is he talking about? Let me just kind of explain something. When we say, doesn't God just want me to be happy? Usually we mean, doesn't God want me to control the circumstances in my life or give me the circumstances that I desire in order for my feelings to be a certain way. But if we would take a look at the Bible and what it has to say about joy, we might just be surprised at what it actually says. If you have a Bible, turn to the book of James. Uh, if you're using an actual paper Bible and, and you haven't used one before, there's a table of contents in the beginning. If you don't have a Bible at home, uh, you can use the Bible app or the Bible Gateway app. Both are great apps for reading the Bible. But we're going to be taking a look at James, and we're just going to look at chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 2. It says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The common order of things. The common order of things is that things decline under trials. When trials happen, things usually fall apart. They decline. Um, marriages sometimes fall apart because of a tragedy or a trial. Churches may split or fall apart because of a trial. Governments, uh, all sorts of things fall apart at different times because of trials. But that's not always the case. 
in some instances, things don't just not fall apart. They get stronger. And James is saying that in regards to faith. It's interesting when we look at what he's talking about when it comes to faith. James says that faith lasts. It endures. Because of trials. Now, that one word I find very interesting. The word because. I could understand if James said, you know what? Sometimes through trials, you might come out stronger. I can say that sometimes through trials, you might have a better faith. But James actually says that faith endures because of trials. There's a direct relationship, a direct correlation to them. And I find that pretty interesting, especially when we look at it through the lens of God's desires just for me to be happy. When we look at that, there is a weird truth that we need to understand, especially right now. If God's desire is for me to just be happy and my feelings of happiness are impacted my circumstances, and if that is the foundation by which I lay my faith, then when I come into contact with our world right now and all of the angst and all of the craziness of it, my faith is going to be pretty shaken. But James says, count it joy when you face trials. God feels that our faith in him is so important that he is willing to strip away anything in our life that comes in conflict with it. And sometimes my life has to be shaking in order for my faith to be unshakable. Sometimes my life has to be shaken in order for my life, my faith to be unshakable. Trials cause us to press into God. They cause us to try to draw closer to him. I was thinking about uh, something that happened with my family um, I think it was not last summer, maybe it was the summer before that, but uh, we decided to go to the park. We went to a veterans park over in Richland Township. And we were uh, grilling over there. We got some charcoal and we got to the grill and we were making some uh, burgers and hot dogs. And there's this hill right next to the playground uh, that goes down uh, right next to where the pavilion is for you, where you're grilling. And there is this hill that just went straight down. And my kids thought it was pretty cool to just get on their scooters and skate, uh, scoot down that hill. Now, the trick was, is that there was a sharp turn to the left. And so you had to go down the hill and then you had to turn sharply to the left. And then once you did that, it propelled you all the way around the circle back up to uh, where we were grilling in the pavilion. We only had one scooter, so everyone took their turns one at a time. So uh, Noah, my middle uh, child, he went down first and he makes that turn and he goes around and he's just all happy and he's excited. This, this is great. Natalia, the next in line, she gets on and, and she goes down and she makes the turn and everything's fine. And then my youngest son, uh, my youngest child, Justice, he gets on the scooter and he, and he goes down and he doesn't make the turn. And instead of turning, he falls off the scooter and, and, and he scrapes his elbow. And he's down for, for a second and then he gets up 
He's not crying or anything like that, but he, he, he takes the scooter and he just, he walks it around the circle and walks it back up. And then the next kid takes a turn and goes down the hill. But when it came back to Justice's turn, he didn't want to go down. So we kind of gave him a space for a little bit and then happens again. The cycle goes and it's Justice's turn and Again, he doesn't want to go down. And then my wife speaks up and she goes, buddy, what's, what's going on? Why, why aren't you going down? And justice doesn't respond, but we know what's happening. He had just gone down that hill and at the bottom of that hill, he had felt pain. He had just gone down that hill and at the bottom of that hill, he was hurt. And he didn't want to go down that hill again because he was afraid that that would happen again. And he's looking at this hill in front of him and he's filled with fear and anxiety because something scary is in front of him. And so my wife looks at him and says, you should try again. And he shakes his head. And then she looks at him and she goes, how about this? You go down the hill and I'll run right next to you. And Justice looked at her and his smile just just spread across his face. And he said, you will? And she said, yes. You go down that hill and I'll run right next to you. Justice got on his scooter and he looked at his mom. He looked at the one who loved him so much. And he went down that hill and and my wife is just running right next to him, step for step. And when he got to the bottom of the hill, he turned left. And he went that full circle. By the time he got back up to the pavilion, he just ran to my wife and gave her this big hug. What changed? Why was he able to go down that hill? He was able to go down the hill because someone he trusted, someone he knew who loved him was right next to him the whole way. You know, when we face trials and difficulties, the sooner we realize that God is right there, the sooner we realize that we can rely on God's strength instead of our own, the better to face these difficulties. But the truth of the matter is it's, it's hard to do that. <laughs> how do we do that when we want to be in control? How, how do we do that when we live in a world right now that seems to be changing so frequently and so fast. How do we do that when we just don't know what tomorrow will bring? Well, we do that by pressing into Jesus. We do that because we have access to God because of Jesus. We have a hope that we can cling to because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let me talk to you a little bit about that. In James chapter 1, verse 12, it says this, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. There is a promise of love in the Bible. And that promise of love is guaranteed because of Jesus. 
It is a promise of love that comes in front of our minds when we face trials. And it is the reason we can have joy in the midst of the trials. We need to let the joy of the gospel be our strength. Right now, we're facing a trial. (laughs) Right now, there are people who are getting sick. Some of you know that I'm from New York City originally. When I look at what's going on in my hometown, when I think about some of my family that are there, it's hard. When I look around just at our communities and I look at the news, it's hard. We're facing a trial. But instead of focusing at that trial, let us press in and keep the gospel as the center of our focus. The gospel simply means good news. The word gospel actually means Good news. In a world where we're not necessarily getting fake news, but we're getting bad news or, or unknown news, we need to cling to the good news, the gospel of Jesus. It is this good news that we need to focus on. And the gospel is this. The gospel is that while we were still sinners, God sent his son for us to die and pay the price to reclaim us back and that whoever believed in Jesus would be saved. That's the good news. That all are offered this gift of Jesus. And we just got to claim that good news and choose him as Lord and Savior. And that's what we cling to during the times of trials, during the times of difficulties. And why is that good news for us now? I can understand that being good news, if we think about, okay, well, that gets us into heaven or that kind of solves eternal issues. Why is that good news right now, today, in the midst of the coronavirus, in the midst of social distancing, in the midst of uh, uh, staying at home? Why is that good news right now when I look at things and I don't know what uh, things are going to look like tomorrow or or I don't know what things are going to look like financially? and, And why is this good news right now? Why do I need to remember this good news of Jesus? Because the good news of Jesus is founded on love. It's based on a love that God has. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he sent his son. And we need to understand that that love of God is unstoppable. It's unstoppable. I've said a couple of times, if you've been here at Calvary Church, you may have heard me say it before. If you haven't, uh, good, this is the first time hearing it. You don't have to pretend like I didn't say it before. But my favorite verses in the Bible are found in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 says this. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's love is unstoppable. Neither coronavirus nor social distancing. Neither financial crisis 
nor health crisis. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And this is what we cling to. This unstoppable love. So with all of that, with the good news of the gospel, with the security of God's love, I want you to cling to three things. These are three things I want you to cling to right now in our current situation. The first thing I want you to remember is this. God loves you. I want you to understand that God loves you. And it's not a fickle love. It's not a weak love. It's a strong love. It's a powerful love. It's an unstoppable love. God loves you. The second thing that I want you to know is that God is with you. He hasn't abandoned you. God is right there with you. You are not alone and you are not meant to face this alone. All of this stuff that you are looking at as your new normal of life and all of the kind of feelings that it brings, you're not alone. God is right there with you. Just like my wife was with justice running down the hill. God's never left you. He's right there. So the first thing, God loves you. The second thing, God is with you. The third thing I want you to know is this. God knows your story. Not only does he know your story, he wrote it. God is sovereign. That means he's all powerful. He's in complete control. He knows your story and he's in control. Why is that important? Well, it's important because if we remember that God loves you and that God is with you, then whatever chapter of your story you're in, it was written by a loving God who will never abandon you. It was written by a God who's going to be right there with you no matter what trial you face. God loves you. God is with you. God knows your story, even the parts that you haven't experienced yet. Let us be motivated by that truth. Let us cling to the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Let that gospel be the very breath of each day, the very breath that we take of each morning and each evening. As we take a step of faith, one after another, not knowing what the steps will lead us to, but knowing that there is a God right there next to us who loves us, and knows our story. Cling to the gospel. God loves me. God is with me. And he knows my story. Right now, the fake news of God just wants me to be happy feels very empty. The fake news of doesn't God just want me to be happy doesn't seem to really line up to what's going on in life around us. But the real news of that we can have joy in the midst of trials because joy will cause us, because trials cause us to press into God and causes our faith to persevere and to grow. The real news is 
that in the midst of trials, we can run to a God who loves us and has never left us and knows exactly what's going to happen next. Let's cling to that in the midst of all the craziness. Let's cling to that in the midst of the unknown. And let us have joy in the midst. No, actually not in the midst. Let us have joy because of the trials. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for how much you do love us. That's overwhelming at times. And at times it just seems so far away. There are times when it's something that I'm so aware of. And then there's times when it just doesn't feel like it really is true. God, wherever we are at today, maybe we're so aware of your love and maybe we're just kind of doubting it. I ask you that you would make it even more real in our hearts today. And I ask you that you would make that love real throughout our community, throughout our country, throughout our world. That this trial, this difficulty, this pandemic will lead to people knowing how much you really love them. That we would grow as a church in our faith through this trial that our faith would be so strong that because our life was shaken, our faith would be unshakable. God, help us to know that you love us, that you're with us, and that you know what's going to happen. And allow that to bring us comfort, allow that to bring us peace, and allow that to bring us a joy that we just can't even understand and let it overwhelm us as we just cling to the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Bless this church. Bless our community. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Please stay informed. And the best way for you to do that is go to our website, go to the app, we continually post information to keep you all up to speed. Here are a few things that you may want, want to keep alert to. We have Bible discussion forums that are starting this week, Tuesday and Thursday evenings. So if you'd be interested in a Bible discussion format, please go to the website, learn more about that. Jeremiah is organizing some young adult get-togethers on Thursday evenings. So go to the website and check that out. And tonight, we have a special prayer time where we're going to join together virtually for a fireside prayer time. Thanks again for joining us. Hope to see you soon.